the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If you've got a relationship with Christ and you feel like you're representing Him well, and make sure you understood that you weren't saved just to sit, but He saved you to send you. It'll make a difference for His glory. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. No, there's an understanding, there's a recognition that, that when, when you made that vow and you put that ring on my finger, your allegiance has changed. You're not just free for the world. You belong to me. Your loyalty, your love, your allegiance is just to me. That's what happens when you follow Christ. And and that's why so many of you have never really understood what it means to be a Christ follower because you just said a prayer or you raised a hand or you walked down an aisle, but there was no change of allegiance in your life. When you follow Christ, you understand that I was a slave to sin. But now I've I've had a heart change. So what's the result of that? It's that third step. You've been set free. You've been set free. This is what happens to you. You're no longer a slave to sin. You're free indeed. Free indeed. Thank you, God Almighty. I'm free indeed. Maybe if, if you know that you've yielded your life to Christ, maybe you would just take a moment and say, God, I know I'm free. Just say, I am free. So now, what does that mean? Does that mean I'm I'm free to just do whatever I want? Am I free to be me? Is that what this is all about? God painted a picture of this all throughout his word. And so when we look at the children of Israel, we see what salvation is like and what it can look like. So let's see how much you remember this story. The children of Israel were enslaved where? In Egypt, there was an evil Pharaoh that was kind of making them slaves. God sent somebody. His name was Moses. Moses went to the Pharaoh and he said, let my people go. Y'all listened in Sunday school or VBS. And, and so eventually, after a, a long rigmarole, uh, the Pharaoh lets them go, at least for a moment. And so they head out, and then we have the, the Red Sea experience, and, and then the people are journeying toward where? where are they, where's their goal? The promised land. But a crazy thing happens. They stop following God. And so these former slaves who are now free and have been guaranteed the promised land, 
most of them, those who are adults when that began, they never see it. Why? Because they acted like they were still slaves. They were depending on doing things their way rather than looking to God. And so they, they spent 40 years just wandering around the wilderness. Follow me. Some of you, you've made some kind of spiritual step. You heard the good news of the gospel and you thought, man, that makes sense. That's good for me. I understand it up here. And so again, you raised your hand or you walked down an aisle. You may have been dipped or dunked or, or you joined a church, but you never gave the allegiance of your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so you've called yourself a Christian and you're wondering, why does it feel like I'm in the wilderness? And yet when you really evaluate, you would say, I don't think I'm following after the things of God. You see, the fourth stage kind of puts together all these other three. I was a slave to sin, but I I had a heart change. And because I had a heart change, now I am free. But what am I free to? Not free to be me. I am a slave to righteousness is what Paul says. You're a slave to righteousness. This is what you've become. So you're no longer pursuing your sin and your selfish desires. You're pursuing holiness and the desires of God. And so that makes that paradox that we begin the message with. In order to experience true freedom, you have to pledge your allegiance to the one who sets you free. It's Jesus Christ. Freedom in Christ doesn't mean that I can just do anything I want. Freedom in Christ means that I have chosen to be loyal to him. It's been a change of allegiance. So again, I I think about the marriage vow. And uh, the most recent uh, marriage I performed was just last week. It was Lenny and Jesse. And um, they they stood before each other. And they, this is what I say. uh, Hey, Lenny, take take Jesse's hands and, and put them in yours. Just look into her eyes for a second. They just look into each other's eyes. Not long before that, I, I married Derek and Carly. Same thing, just look into each other's eyes. And then I would say, now, now, Lenny, if these words express the desires of your heart and you intend to keep these vows for the rest of your life, repeat after me. I remember when I did that, and so I'm going to use my name. So it would be like me saying, I, Paul, promise to take you, Kimberly, to be my lawfully wedded wife. I promise to love and to honor, to comfort and cherish, in sickness and in health, in poverty and in wealth, forsaking all others, keeping only to you, as long as we both shall live. See, when a couple makes those vows, that's, you know, there's no such thing as crossing your fingers. You you don't make those vows until the going gets tough, right? No, that's a lifetime commitment. And so if you're going to follow Christ, you you don't just say, I'm going to run to Jesus just because I want fire insurance and I'm scared of hell in the moment. No, you follow after him because you say, hey, for the rest of my life, this is going to be my priority. This is what's going to guide me. This is going to be my master. I now willfully move out of this position of slavery to sin that was controlling me and leading to death in my life. And now I'm willfully moving into slavery 
to righteousness because I know the life that God has planned for me is so much better than anything I could do for myself. Praise the Lord. So then to end this chapter, I just want to read through this quickly. Paul, he states the obvious. So listen to what he says. I'm using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. So just a reminder, sometimes we have these divine truths describing a divine transaction that seemed kind of mind-boggling to us. This, this analogy of slavery, if we just focus on just that word slavery, because of all that that has meant, even in this nation's history, that's going to be hard for us to understand. So what is he saying? Just as you used to offer yourself as slaves to impurity and to do ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourself to slaves to righteousness would lead to holiness. So lean into grace is what he's saying. Yield to the grace of God on a conscious and consistent basis. What benefit did you reap at the time from the things you're now ashamed of? Those things result in death. Let me explain that in a way you can understand it. How many of you would be as bold as me to say, man, there are some times where I I sinned, I violated the law of God, and there was pleasure for a season. But... I, I look back at the consequence, and it was not worth it. Anybody else got any story like that in your life? Yeah. So what he's saying is, how's that working out for you, big boy? How's that going, young lady? You've tried it your way. What's the benefit? What's the fruit? And then he says, but now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit or the fruit, reap, it leads to holiness. And the result is eternal life. So now that you're following Christ, there's fruit in your life true. In Galatians in chapter 5, that's the fruit of the Spirit, right? Those characteristics that represent Jesus that we look like. So here's a question for you. When's the last time someone's looked at you and said, man, I don't know what you're doing, but... That's what a Christian's supposed to look like. And that's not what we're known for. I, I think this is a cop-out, but you and I know the number one reason our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers, our classmates don't come to church. They say it's because of the hypocrites. What they're saying is you don't look like what it seems like Christians should look like. What Paul's saying is, is when you voluntarily say, God, you are transforming me. I give you my heart. I'm going to lean into grace. You begin to look like what a Christian should look like. How's that going for you? If God made you new, why do you keep running after the old you? Leave the past in the past. You've been given a new life, a new name, a new beginning, and you should leave those old things, that old life, those old ways. They lead to death. And that's what sin always does. We could dive into this theologically, but just go back to the beginning of the book. God told Adam and Eve, you can do anything you want, just don't do this one thing. What did they do? The one thing. And what, did, what was the punishment? There were, there were several layers of this, but what was the punishment of this? You will surely die. And so all throughout the Bible, that's like the second page. So all throughout the rest of the Bible, we have this story of people trying to deal with their sin on their own, but finding out the end result is always death. So I'm reading through a certain plan in the Bible. This week I was in Ezekiel. Did you know in Ezekiel 18 and verse 20, it says, the one who sins is the one who will die. 
Death is always the result of sin, but that's not what God desires for you. In that same chapter in Ezekiel, I noticed earlier this week, it said, rid yourself of all the offenses you've committed to get a new heart and new spirit. That sounds familiar, right? Why will you die, people of Israel? For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the sovereign Lord. Repent and live. God wants a brand new you. God wants to give you a new name. God wants to give you a new life. God wants to give you a fresh start. God wants to give you a new beginning. That's why Jesus... Jesus came. He didn't come just for you to be religious, just for you to have one moment in time. He came so that you could be transformed. That's what it said in chapter 5. But God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. You can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. Christ died for you. And when we continue to do the things that we feel like we can do because of the liberty we say we have or because of the freedom we say we have or because of the grace we say we experience, we're not only cheapening grace, we're cheapening the price that Jesus paid to give us grace. So here's a fun question. Well, it's not really fun, is it? What's in your past that Jesus died for that you keep trying to bring back? What's that old you that he said, leave that out by the curb with the trash that you keep trying to bring it back into your life? You see, when you turn to Jesus, you turn to him. I I wish I could read this whole story, but in Luke chapter 9, Jesus looks at a man. He says, follow me. Remember what the man said? He said, sure, uh, let me go bury my father. Like translation, my daddy is dead. I just want to go to his funeral. I remember hearing that verse as a child and thinking, well, that makes sense. I think I'd want to do the same thing. And and Jesus said, you remember what he said? It's a famous quote of Jesus. Let the dead bury the dead. What in the world? Jesus, that's kind of harsh. But then right after that, he turns to another guy and he says, follow me. And the guy says, okay, let me go tell my family bye. (laughs) And Jesus said, no, it doesn't work that way. You've got to put your head to the plow. You've got to charge ahead. Man, doesn't that sound harsh, Jesus? What's the point? Here's the point. Jesus is saying, when I decide to follow Jesus, there's no turning back. If I really understand this, if I really get the gospel, if I realize I was a slave, but I had a heart change, and that heart change means I'm no longer a slave, I'm free, but I'm not just free to be me. I'm a slave to God and his righteousness. And if I truly understand that, why would I go back to the old way? That's the point of this passage. Stop pursuing the things that lead you to death because Jesus died to give you life. And so he closes this chapter with a verse that's one of the more familiar verses in Romans in the Bible. It's Romans 6.23. Listen to this. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life 
in Christ Jesus our Lord. What does that mean? All right. If I try to deal with this my way, I'm going to get what I deserve. There's a famous sermon that a, a preacher who's now dead preached. It's called Payday Someday. And the whole principle is there's going to be a payday someday. If I live my life my way, I'm going to have to pay the price. That's the wage. A life controlled by sin and self will always lead to death. That's what I get paid. Separation from God. But God has a better plan. He wants to give me as a gift forever life. Never separated from his presence. Always with him. And we choose. And that's what makes this outrageous. Because some of us, we look at that offer and we say, no, thank you. We've got the law over here we're trying to live up to. We've got God's mercy. He gave us another due day. And then we got this incredible gift. And we keep walking away from the gift. The life that he's created us for. <laughs> I was thinking about this week. How do I illustrate that? And I got off 275 and was coming down Bush Boulevard. And I kind of got a wild hair. And I thought, man, what if I was driving down Bush, driving down Bush Boulevard? That can be dangerous in any time of day. But, but let's, let's decide I, I'm driving down and I just decided I'm, I've got to get home fast. So I put the pedal to the metal and I just take off. And um, let, let's say I, I managed somehow I, I'm swerving between lanes. I don't hit anybody. Nobody hits me. I, I run red lights. Everything's going great. I've hit 120 miles an hour. By the way, for my law enforcement friends, this is just a fictional story. <laughs> I'm 120 miles an hour and all of a sudden I see those lights in my rearview mirror. So I pull over, and I recognize it's my friend Wayne, Deputy Wayne. He says, Pastor. I'm like, hey, Wayne. He's like, what's up? I'm like, well, I was trying to get to the hospital. Somebody's really, really sick. Now, there's three scenarios here. Uh, I could just deal with the law, right? Because under the law, no telling what would happen in that situation. I imagine I would be handcuffed. And taken to jail. I'd be arrested. At the very least, I'd have more penalties and fines and tickets than I could ever pay. And my license would probably be suspended. That's the law. But this is Deputy Wayne. <laughs> Suppose he gave me mercy. See, mercy is when you get what you don't deserve. And so... Um, Suppose Wayne said, yeah, Pastor, there's no way I can let you out of this. But, I mean, you do have an important job. And you got to go see those people in the hospital. I didn't know the hospital was this way, but okay. Um, but, um, hey, in, instead of all that could happen, I, I'm just going to give you a, a ticket for $250. I mean, that would still be a ticket, but that would be mercy. But, but suppose Wayne said, Pastor, Man, kind of shocked to see you here in, in the circumstances. But I'm going to tell you, that was very dangerous, particularly in your car. What you need, you need a brand new Tesla. <laughs> and I've got one for you. Here's the key fob. It's your gift. 
That sounds outrageous, doesn't it? How in the world could that possibly happen? Who would do that? And who in their right mind would say, oh, Wayne, no, just take me to jail. (laughs) Who would even say, I'll just pay that smaller ticket? No, you would say this gift, this indescribable gift that I don't deserve. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's what God gives you in salvation. When Jesus died on the cross, he took your death. When he offers you forgiveness, it's in grace. It's in a gift that you don't deserve more than you could ever imagine. That he says, hey, instead of death, why don't you just hang out with me forever and ever and ever. But in order to experience true freedom, you've got to pledge your allegiance to the one who set you free. So where's your allegiance today? I was reading what Chuck Swindoll wrote about this passage, and I love two things he said. He, he said, you know, it's possible to be a slave to something and think you've been set free. So really what I want you to evaluate, we're getting to that point where I said you're going to have some responses. Uh, are, are you a, a slave to sin today? He said it's also possible to be free and think you're enslaved. So some of you know that you've got this relationship with Christ. You know what he's done for you. You've trusted him, but you're not walking in the freedom that he's offered. So what are you going to do? Well, first, you've you've just got to ask your question, am I free? Where's my allegiance? Do Do you know how many people have given their heart to Christ after reading passages like what we've just read, the book of Romans in the Bible. And it's like a light bulb comes on. Our our Charles and John Wesley said it was like we were being strangely warmed. Charles Wesley was very religious. He and his brother came to the state of Georgia to evangelize the American Indians, but they wrote on their journey, we've come to evangelize the Indians, but who in the world will evangelize us? They recognized they were going through the motions. When they came back to England, they both later got saved. And Charles Wesley, among the thousands of hymns that he wrote, wrote these words. He breaks the power of canceled sin. He sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulest clean. His blood availed for me. That's what it means to be free. So three three responses. The The first response, there's some of you here, some of you in this room, some of you listening to my voice that you need to say, man, it's not that I'm a terrible person. It's not that I intended to do this, but I've never truly, I've never truly pledged the allegiance of my heart to Christ. I need to be set free. I'm going to walk you through that in a minute. But there's some of you, you know you're going to heaven. You know you've got a relationship with Christ. But man, when people look at you, they're not saying, now that's what a Christian looks like. And so for you, I'm just saying, make a commitment today. We call it a recommitment in your faith and lean into grace. Just say, hey, I'm, I'm going to commit this week to represent Jesus well in my little corner of the world. By his grace and with his strength, you can do that. But there's a third group of you, and and you're thinking, 
man, Paul, I, I feel like I'm at a pretty good spot spiritually. Praise the Lord. That's okay. We're, we're not always, you know, doing bad things and, and living rough. So what is your response? Your response is to remember that there are a lot of captives out there that need to be set free. There are a lot of people that are around you, their classmates, their coworkers, their neighbors, their family members, and they need to hear what you've heard, what you've experienced, what's been applied to your life. When we were growing up, we sang a hymn that said, So send I you. This is one of the verses. So send I you to take to souls in bondage the word of truth that sets the captive free to break the bonds of sin to loose death's feathers. So send I you to bring the lost to me. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.